Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Once again, you have Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. Glad to have each and every one of you. Yes, February is kicking off, and we have uh, the second month of the year. We're still within the first month of uh, President Joe Biden's administration. And what's going on? Well, I'm going to tell you about that in just a minute. But let me tell you about our guest who will be coming on in just a few minutes on our uh, this week's uh, show. It's Brock Pierce. Now, do you remember that name? He ran for president of the United States as an independent last election. But he is known for a lot of things. And, uh, well, let me just uh, explain some of those things to you. He, he's a child actor. You might have seen him in The Mighty Ducks, D2, The Mighty Ducks, first kid. But he uh, got out acting at age uh, 17, and he's been, been in business, entertainment, but he's also been in this new uh, cryptocurrency world and watching what's going on. But he loves America, and he uh, has some ideas he thinks are good for America. And so we're going to get him on and talk to him in just a few minutes. Until we do, let me just remind you that President Joe Biden is <laughs> changing immigration. He doesn't like what President Trump put in place. He wants people pounding at the border and coming through. And guess what? He's reinstated catch and release. You come across the uh, United States border illegally, you'll be caught and you'll be released back into the United States of America where you will have to have a court date maybe in three or four years. How many are going to come back? Well, <laughs> uh, we don't have a border now, folks. We have open borders thanks to President Joe Biden. And guess what? They also captured uh, 11 Iranians came across the Mexican border. So have they been released? Do we know if we got we know Iran is talking about uh, terrorist activities and doing things against America. So do we release those 11 Iranians? I don't know. What did Joe Biden do? Who knows? Who knows? They've been directed to catch and release. Uh, also, Joe Biden, President Joe Biden says America's back. <laughs> Former Secretary of State uh, Pompeo, is, he asked America's back where? To where ISIS has a caliphate? Uh, yes, Joe Biden, they had a huge caliphate when you left the vice presidency in 2016 or 2017 in January, to be, uh, be correct and exact. So there's a lot of things going on. But uh, let me just play this one part uh, I would say <laughs> it's funny you get a new press secretary and for Joe Biden and talk about 
if you get dizzy on things that go around and around like a merry-go-round or like uh, parts of some roller coasters or rides uh, you can get very queasy some people get queasy real easy going around and around and that's sort of like when you look at the white house and this new administration maybe you get queasy take a listen to the new press secretary press secretary pretty much says all throughout every press conference here's a small sampling i can i'll circle back if there's more i can share with you but i'll circle back with you if there's more to convey um i'll have to just circle back with you we can circle back with i'm happy to circle back with you i can circle back i will have to circle back on that one that's an excellent question oh such an important question uh, we will circle back with you and we'll, we'll circle back with you it's an interesting question but uh we'll, we'll circle back i'm happy to circle back but i'll have to circle back with you on it. it's a good question but we'll circle back with you on this today we will certainly circle back with you more directly i hate to disappoint you but i will have to circle back with you on that as well and that was from the fox news uh sean hannity show <laughs> so um if you're getting dizzy and you're getting a little nauseated, well, there may be a good reason. Everybody having to circle back, circle back, circle back to the Obama years. And uh, when we had an economy that was just uh, flat and nobody, were, the job reports were not well. And guess what? The job report came in with Joe Biden and he was talking about all these people out of work. Well, Joe, you put so many of them out of work. You remember what we talked about? <laughs> There's 10,000 jobs that were killed with the Keystone Pipeline when he signed a, uh, the executive order to kill those jobs, along with the jobs that were killed when uh, he stopped the building the border fence. They had the funds. They had people working and, and making good money, union jobs. And Joe Biden killed the union jobs. You know, one thing that President Trump did, and you can talk about good and bad and what he should have done, didn't do. Did, but one thing Trump did for the Republican Party, listen to this, Republicans, and you should like this. The Republican Party became the party of the working man and working woman across America. Donald Trump did that. Blue-collar, blue-collar Americans came into the Republican Party to vote Republican for Donald Trump. And now the Republican Party can claim, if they don't lose them, they can claim to be the working man and working woman's party. And that's something that Donald Trump gave the Republican parties they've never had in my lifetime. So I hope they will keep that moniker and they will uh, relish in it, establish it, and just plant a flag that the Republican Party is the party for the working man and working woman across america so I, I just have to say joe biden is not for the working man and woman he is not for the blue collar workers he is not and his policies show that and we will see it over and over again i hope this economy for the sake of america will grow donald trump had it teed up just it, it's going to be a great year like we mentioned last week only Joe Biden could probably screw it up and just mess it up and put sand in the engines of the American economy. And he's doing that with what he's doing with the executive orders, cutting out. We were the, we are the, the best country in the world when it comes to oil and gas and energy. We're energy independent under Donald Trump. First time in decades, decades, decades. And yet what has happened we're going to lose that. And what's going, what's, when we are not the world's 
greatest energy country like we were we, we didn't have to get any oil from the middle east not under donald trump we became energy independent and what happens when we lose that status russia will get richer the middle east countries of iran and others will get richer china will grow more bold and, and they'll become richer too as america starts to decline i hope it doesn't happen but i'm afraid joe biden has signed the executive orders to put that in place remember that america i hope maybe, maybe we we got some momentum going we may get going another six months or year look at the stock market it tries to look six months out and right now it's going gangbusters so build on donald trump's economy joe biden but i'm afraid i'm afraid your policies are going to kill more and more jobs you're scaring the entrepreneurs the the small business people are hurting and you are putting the screws to them joe biden with then the democrats with all their uh all their anti-business uh policies going into place we wait and see but hey it's time to get to our guest brock pierce let's get him on the phone right now we're glad to have you on doc holiday's rock splitting politics and uh, you you have been uh, uh someone who's uh, really seen and experienced much of the world and i'm glad you're putting your time and effort you ran for president and so I know you got some uh, solutions you like to talk about, and a lot of things I'd like to talk to you about. So GameStop short selling, and we got digital currencies and things that you know a lot about. Uh, what What are your thoughts on uh, what happened with the GameStop uh, episode in the last couple of weeks? Yeah. So what happened here with GameStop is is absolutely uh, one of the most fascinating things uh, we've seen. I'm going to start with the really positive aspects of this. Okay. That is that the American people have had a very bad track record for some time in saving money, you know, being prepared for a rainy day. And one of the positive things that came out of COVID last year is when these stimulus checks were distributed to the American people because they couldn't go out to restaurants and spend it because they couldn't, you know, discretionarily spend that money. Right. The American people actually learned how to invest. They went and opened up accounts at places like Robinhood and started to become participants in the stock market. And I think this is a really positive thing for the country, that the American people are feeling empowered. They're getting engaged. They're recognizing the opportunities that have been there for the few and making it opportunities for the many. And so that's the really positive thing that has come out of this. And they're much smarter. The American people are a lot smarter than we're often given credit to. I have so much faith in us. And so some people, as part of what you'd call this Reddit rebellion, uh, started looking at short sellers. They started looking at these iconic American companies and recognized that in the case of GameStop, for example, that the short sellers had borrowed more than 100% of all the stock in the company and sold it. So let me just take a step back so that people understand what a short seller is. Right. When, you, when you buy a stock, you, you buy a share of stock, you do that hoping that the price goes up, that the company performs well, and that you make money in whatever appreciation happens. A short sell is the opposite of that. You're borrowing a share of stock to sell it because you're betting against the company. You're borrowing that share, selling it, hoping the price goes down, and then you buy it back and you make the difference. And so a bunch of short sellers got together 
and they started borrowing large amounts of stock and then selling it to try and drive the, the, the company down. They were looking for weak companies that they could put into a death spiral, and they were hoping to profit from putting that nail into the coffin. At a time where killing American companies and American jobs, you know, it probably doesn't look very good right now. And what they did is they sold more than 100% of the shares, which kind of defies the laws of physics. You're like, how is it possible that more than 100% of the company was sold by these groups? And that's where a bunch of these uh, uh, new retail investors on Reddit said, wow, they sold more than 100%. That means if we start buying the stock and if the price starts going up, there's no way they can buy it back and cover. The price will just keep going up because for them to cover their short positions, right. to, to repay their loans and stock, they have to buy it, which drives it up more. And if they have to buy more than 100%, it's effectively not possible. And so they found a weakness in the market. They found a group of hedge funds that had oversold the company beyond the laws of physics and because uh, they were just expecting they would kill the company and no one would ever have to account. If the company goes out of business, no one will ever know they sold more than 100%. But if that stock were to go up, it could ultimately bankrupt these institutions. And so this Reddit rebellion got together. A bunch of American retail investors decided to basically take on the big boys, uh, and they found a weakness in their trade. And so that's how this all started. And, and Brock, one of the things that do you think this is different from what's happened before? I know we've had short sellers and, and markets cornered and everything for uh, more than a century, but what was phenomenal about this was the reddit i mean it was a message board it was a uh, people grouped together by new technology do you see this happening again or do you see this empowering people is that what you're telling us yeah i think this is a watershed moment i think the american people have woken up to the power that they have and that they can be participants in this and they can do big things and i think whatever happens here even if a lot of people lose money uh, that's called it the price of tuition. I think it's still a watershed moment because I think the people feel empowered, um, you know, a lot of them for the first times perhaps in their lives. And so I think this is a, a major, major event. I think it's just the beginning of a larger movement. And uh, it's worth noting what happened. So all of a sudden, they, yeah, and by the way, when markets had been cornered in the past and things of that nature, it was normally by the Hunt brothers or, again, right. the big institutions battling the big institutions. This is really the first time we've ever seen it you know, the people. It's almost kind of like an offshoot of the Occupy Wall Street movement, you know, call it the 99%, right. except for this time, they had tactics. They figured out how to hit them where it hurts, which is in their wallets. And um, it's uh, kind of an amazing thing. So what happened is the short sellers were, and, and it's worth noting that not all short selling is bad. Not all hedge funds are bad. Not all the financial institutions are bad. Most of them are reputable. Most of them, you know, are, are, are doing, you know, things that are not causing uh, harm. This is uh, isolated to a, a small group of hedge funds uh, in this particular instance that got in front of their skis. But what happened is the price is going up. These institutions are at risk of, you know, essentially going belly up, going bankrupt. And so on, on Thursday of last week, Robinhood, as well as a number of the other platforms, shut off one side of the trade. They said, you can no longer buy GameStop. You can only sell GameStop. I know. What that uh, yeah, I was just going to say that to me, that just, when I heard that, I thought, this doesn't seem right, where you can only sell, you can't buy. So the hedge funds were sort of protected. Or Is that what happened? 
that's definitely what happened, whether it was criminal, whether it was intentional market manipulation. It certainly looks bad, and it certainly looks like manipulation. And what it did is it, it stopped the momentum. It stopped the trade from running up. It stopped things because you could only sell. You couldn't buy. And it caused the stock to crash by 50%, costing people, the people, a lot of money and allowing the institutions to essentially cover their losses. And so it looks really bad. I mean, I'll make a joke. It almost looks like this Robin Hood has secretly been working for the sheriff of Nottingham the whole time and that their business model is to yeah. steal from the poor and give to the rich. It looks really bad. Well, you're, you're right. Boy, that, 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 uh, that, that does look bad, and it is uh, funny that Robin Hood would uh, be the one turn out to be the bad guy. But uh, listen, let's transition because I want to pick your brain for our uh, audience we have uh, and we talked a little bit about cryptocurrency. Not a lot. We, you know, I, I'm not our audience is not probably uh, experts in cryptocurrency. I'm sure not either. But I know you you have found uh, one of the cryptocurrencies, uh, Tether. Is that correct? A, a number of them, but yeah, Tether is an interesting one. Hold on that thought right there, uh, Brock. Uh, I, I know our listeners want to know what you're going to tell us about Tether since you helped found it and you also. Like you said, founded other cryptocurrencies. Before you get to that, let me just remind everybody, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Split in Politics, and we're talking to Brock Pierce. He ran for president, has a lot of great ideas, and he is uh, going to explain to us some about this, uh, what we know about the economics of the future, what, what is involved with uh, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin, and how that can uh, relate to our all our financial future. So let's... Uh, take a minute just to remind everybody that we have a book called bedrock truth and you can get that book i wrote that book along with dr alveda king dr alex mcfarland you can go to www.docholiday.org that's holiday with two l's in it you can order that book among other books and we'd love to get that out to you so uh, you can order that and now we're going to return to brock pierce as he tells us about tether and exactly what cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin can mean to our future, the future personally and as a nation and what it means in the world. So let's listen once again to Brock Pierce. The idea was, well, if we can use this blockchain technology or this technology to create things like Bitcoin, what if could we do that with government issued currencies? And so we invented this concept in 2014 called a stablecoin, where we put the U.S. dollar on the same technology as Bitcoin. And that system is is proving to work very well. It's doing over $100 billion a day right wow. now in transactional volume, $40 trillion a year. And governments around the world have said, wow, this technology can be used to enhance our currencies. Now, one of the big concerns are the Chinese government is years ahead of everyone. They've created the Chinese digital yuan to challenge the U.S. dollar. And so the work that we're doing in this space, it's not just a, an interesting investment opportunity. It's not just a, a, a new alternative to gold. Uh, this technology is going to play a very important role in the way that the world develops. And we're living through the fourth industrial revolution. There will be winners and there will be losers. The United States of America has historically been the capital of innovation. And I, I am intending to do everything in my power to make sure it stays that way. Well, I appreciate you saying that and bringing the importance of that to our audience. Uh, the listeners out here, I've been talking about this. We need to know what's going on. America has to be in a position to be the top innovator 
and and you're right china's challenges in all areas right now but that tell me how the um the the people the, the same people the reddit uh message boards these uh investors in robin hood what looks like and and really a lot of them are, are way ahead of the the big wall street firms when it comes to cryptocurrency bitcoin cryptocurrency do you see cryptocurrency growing is it i mean is it going to just wander off and be a a fad or, or is this the future i'm convinced it's the future what form it ultimately takes that's yet to be seen right just like back in 1999 lots of internet companies emerged a few of them are still here today as major institutions and a lot of them have gone the way of the dodo bird and the same will be true of cryptocurrency uh cryptocurrencies but the idea uh, i think is absolutely the future I'm a big fan of things like Bitcoin as an alternative uh, store of value with GameStop, Bitcoin, and all of these things. I never encourage anyone to invest in these things. But what I do encourage you to do is to go buy $10 worth or $50 worth, whatever you can afford to lose, because I'm not encouraging you to invest in Bitcoin. What I'm doing is encouraging you to invest in yourself, because through that process, you're going to become more knowledgeable. And as you become more knowledgeable, you are empowered to make informed decisions for yourself. And that's what I hope to see for the American people. Wow. That, now, that uh, I'm glad you said that because you don't have to invest a lot. Just learning how the technology works, not being afraid of it, is something that uh, I think many Americans will will. Um, will gain knowledge from like you said just putting in 10 50 or 50 dollars to see how it works uh, tell me about now one thing i've talked about on my show for years because uh, since uh, obamacare became in effect and it wasn't really able to pay for itself and did not like that but it's here now but i believe blockchain technology can transform the way healthcare is done in America. Have you looked into that? Do you do you think there's a role for blockchain technology in uh, uh, healthcare for America? Yeah, I believe that blockchain is going to impact every um, facet of our lives in the same way that you know the internet or technology has in the area of healthcare. the The area that I'm most excited about is because I'm a I'm a fan of um uh liberty and and with that privacy one of the things that uh blockchain can do is in the area of our medical records you know right now your most personal medical information is all over the place you have, probably have no idea where it is and utilizing this technology we can give you control of your data again that you can own your data keep in mind you know gold precious metals were the most valuable commodity in the world then it became oil. The most precious and most valuable commodity in the world today is your data, your information. And I hope to see a world where you get to control your data. You're in charge of who has access to your information and that you have the power to revoke those privileges and to grant those privileges as you see fit because it's your most personal information. Well, right now, the way the Internet's run and the way Facebook, Google, everybody, uh, they get all this information on everybody and they use it and they make the money off of it and the person doesn't so does blockchain technology give a way for something to challenge facebook or challenge uh google challenge the big uh tech guys now so that uh that people can control their information 
Yes, and there are a lot of groups of people working on alternative versions of these businesses where you get to own your data and you get to profit from your data if you choose to share and monetize that information. The idea is to give the power back to the people, and that fundamentally is what this technology enables. Well, Brock, I, I appreciate you showing us uh, some, uh, some of the future we can see. Now, uh, I had a couple of questions I want to ask you about some politics, if you got time. I know uh, we're looking about Yeah, of course, of course. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm always happy to share with the people. Well, uh, Brock, tell me about, uh, I know we're in a two-party system. We have got more division than we've had in my lifetime, what we've just gone through and this uh, election. And so you, uh, you put yourself out there and, and, and ran for president, you know, as a third-party candidate. Are you looking at starting a third party, or are you looking at maybe running again as an independent? What, what's your vision of your uh, political future, Brock? So, I'm not really interested in uh, a third party per se. I think part of the problem is the parties themselves. George Washington was the only independent president we've ever had. And in his farewell address, one of the main warnings that he gave the American people was to be wary of political parties. The founding fathers, one of their biggest concerns is if two parties were ever to become dominant, the challenges that would create for our country. And so I think it's less about parties I think it's more about people. We should be voting for the people we believe in based upon the merits and the policies and the views of that individual and, and probably become less focused on parties themselves. So the last third-party candidate to be elected president was Abraham Lincoln. He was the first Republican to be elected president. Uh -huh. And Abraham Lincoln did that by creating a coalition of his rivals. He basically consolidated all of the third parties and gave them cabinet positions because together they were bigger. We, the moderate Americans that like care about our country and care about each other and are willing to find compromises and understand that we're different, we can agree to disagree on things. We have always been the majority. We've been divided and we've been continually voting out of fear rather than acting according to our conscience and voting what we believe in and knowing what we stand for. And so what I hope is that, you know, we eventually come to the realization that divided we fall, united we stand, and we start getting behind the people we believe in. And uh, I think we're going to stay in this sort of this circle, this downward spiral until we come to that realization we're here on this earth to act according to our conscience, to stand for our values, our principles, and what we believe in. And until we start voting for those same things, I think that we're going to continually find us ourselves in this very divided, uh, divided United States. Well, and what you brought out is voting for what you believe in, believe in. and we do see that campaign ads, uh, they try to chop the candidates try to chop each other up, and it just gets to be a, a scorched earth policy. In, in the many, and it's sort of like I feel like we went through in this presidential election, and even um, even now, I I mean I can't honestly say we had an honest election, and and sometimes I can get kicked off the air, or I can be censured for saying you know why don't we look at the ballots, just scan the ballots? It'd be so easy just to say. Let a team in there and, and just scan the ballots and prove that it was honest. And, and you can't even say that without getting kicked off Twitter now. So uh, what, uh, what, what do you see about this censorship that's, that the big tech's putting on, on different, uh, different people? Well, so a couple of things. One, 
blockchain technology can ensure the integrity of our elections in the future. Excited about the prospects of that. What's going on with censorship and big tech is, again, one of the most concerning things happening in the world right now. The First Amendment isn't the third or the fifth. It's the first. And it's the first for a reason. Our voices are the foundation of our liberty, our freedom, our ability to speak. The minute we lose our voice and our ability to speak when we're censored, this is the foundation of our liberty. It is so concerning that, you know, whatever your opinion was of Donald Trump, the idea that the sitting president of the United States of America can be censored says that none of us are safe um, in this current uh, environment that we are in right now. I'm deeply concerned. Again, what we saw with Wall Street bets and, uh, and GameStop, that was censorship of the free markets. Uh, right. Again, censorship is deeply concerning. I'm very concerned. And the last point that I want to add to this, the statements you made is the negativity in our elections where people get on stage and they throw mud at each other. Our elected leaders, that's not leadership. That is not the behavior of the types of people that I want to see governing over me. I want to see high-quality individuals with values and principles that don't, that don't talk just about problems and the, neg- the, the, the negative things of other candidates, but talk about solutions, talk about a path forward. Real leaders don't need to get on a stage and talk trash about each other. That is not how we teach our kids. That's hopefully not how our kids grow up. We need to be holding our elected officials to a higher bar. You know, we want our elected officials, those that govern over us, to be the best of us. Absolutely. You said that so well. You, what, you, what we want is candidates that are so good that we have to look, you know, to say who, who's going to be the best. Let's see your best out there, not the worst. And, and so I don't know how we get to that. I, I mean, the people have to demand it. I, I, don't, I don't know how we get there where people will say, let's find the best qualities in her and, and talk about the best qualities and who has the best qualities to be in elected position. So do you have any ideas how we get there? <laughs> well, it's, it's called the American people have to wake up. The power is ours. We have the power to do it. We just have to say, stop this old game. Let's change the game and start understanding that the future is going to happen to us or with us. So let's choose the future we all want to live in. Wow. Well, Brock Pierce, thank you so much for being on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. I hope we can bring you back on because you have so much of a re- refreshing ideas and the people around America need to hear that. And I, I'm glad we got listeners across the country and uh, you've brought a, bre- uh, a breath of fresh air in this time of uh, dissension. So thank you for being on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Thank you for having me on. And that was Brock Pierce, a former child actor who's an entrepreneur that's uh, really into the new cryptocurrencies and helped found that back in 2014 and before. So uh, glad you got to listen to him, and we hope we get him back on the show. Uh, Tell your friends and neighbors about Brock Pierce. Maybe, like he said, it's up to us. Let's demand the best of our politicians, and let's demand positive and good american feedback in a positive way and let's let us have freedom of speech god bless you god bless america we'll be back next week for another show of doc holiday's rock splitting politics
Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. We'll be right back.